who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Even hardened genre fans will find themselves whimpering at each new revelation. Publishers Weekly. The Infected Trilogy is an unabridged three-season audio fiction series from number one New York Times best-selling novelist Scott Sigler. Infected is a marvel of gonzo in-your-face up-to-the-minute terror. Lincoln Child, New York Times best-selling author of Relic and the Pendergrass series. 88 episodes, 53 hours of horror are free and available now wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are not here tonight. They actually just called me about 10 minutes ago and said their house is flooding. They have a broken AC and a plumber is there. So we did not think that that would be the most opportune time to bring them on to co-host. So I will be running this one solo. We do, however, have a very special guest. It's Young Me Mayor. She has a very cool podcast, the Feeling Asian podcast that she hosts with Brian Park. She's a comedian in New York. Young Me, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Noah. Sorry, I'm smoking. Is that okay? It's not weed. It's no, don't smoke anything. This is a no smoking okay. podcast. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Do as so you I please. Like, I feel like weed is like more legal now than cigarettes, right? Weed is <laughs> yeah. cool. Like cigarette, people are like, ew, she's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, but I feel like, especially like you being in the comedy scene, it is kind of weird how you, you get to people smoking cigarettes. I just, I think it's the nature of people being up all night and just constantly running themselves ragged that it's just like, oh yeah, of course you're smoking a cigarette. I started smoking in my apartment, like during the pandemic, I had to move to this like very cheap apartment and it's great because like nobody cares whatever I do so much freedom. Well, that is, especially in New York, I feel like that's uh, probably a nice thing to have some freedom in apartment. Cause I know real estate is pretty precious there. Yeah. The bad thing is that, um, there's a lot of illegal Airbnbs and somebody tried to like walk into my apartment the other night and she was like, this is my Airbnb. And I was like, it's not. And she was like, it is. And she wouldn't leave. And I had to oh call the God. cops. But that's another story. That's not a ghost story. So yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's the real estate market here in Atlanta is like blowing up like crazy too. We moved into a house I like two years ago and we just randomly checked the value and we were like, should we move now? Cause this is worth like, it's, it's just going to crash at some point, but then you, if you sell, you're going to be overpaying yeah. somewhere. So it's a real, like, That's I don't true. know what to do, you know? Yeah. But, I love Atlanta. I, I was there actually like uh, years ago um, with my friend Moses. He's in that band deer hunter. Okay. I think they're a bit right. I yeah, don't know yeah. if you know them. 
Yeah. So I visited there. It was amazing. I love that city. Have you performed in Atlanta? No, I haven't been there. Like I haven't been there since I started comedy. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not people. sure if they're, they do the um, laughing skull comedy fest here, but I don't think they've had it since the pandemic, but I'm guessing they'll bring it back for 2021 as right. <laughs> things are opening back up, which I think it's just because we're all tired of things not being open. It's certainly not because of like numbers and safety. <laughs> no, <laughs> like it's crazy. The theater I perform at, we, so we started back a couple of weeks ago doing shows, but we're only letting vaccinated people in. And then everybody that's casted at the theater is vaccinated too, which right. of course isn't foolproof with um, the Delta variant, but it does at least give me some peace of mind, you know, but everybody's the yeah. audience is masked. I put it in air quotes because as soon as they get in, they just start pulling it down, you know? Well, also, I feel like if you're going to get vaccinated, then you're probably safer than the person that's not getting vaccinated. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to Dragon Con next week, which is like this. It's like Comic Con, but in Atlanta, like a hundred thousand people Ooh. go. But I consider it like nerd Mardi Gras. Like it's not Comic-Con mm. in the sense that it's super corporate and like Spider-Man's there to talk about his movie or whatever. I mean, they have panels yeah. and stuff, but for the most part, it focuses on cosplay and partying. So it's a nice. super fun time. And thank goodness they switched to, you got to be vaccinated to get in. Cause I was a little, they cut attendance by 60%. So they're only going to allow 40,000 people in, which is still like a shitload of people during a pandemic. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I'm going to get tested uh, obviously afterwards just to make sure I'm okay. Okay. But anyway, I'm sure the audience loved hearing about the fact that I'm going to DragonCon instead of talking about our guests and her ghost stories. So young me, we like to find out uh, where our guests are on the Believo meter, which is okay. um, something that Jojo Wright coined. He's uh, he does a top 10 countdown on iHeartRadio. He's also a, a DJ mm -hmm. in LA, but he has his own ghost podcast, Paranormalish. So we kind of took that once he said that okay. on our podcast, but zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 meaning you absolutely think ghosts are real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? This is the thing. I'm, I'm like a zero and slash 10. Okay. Which like, uh, so I feel like in my, see, this is the thing, like, so I'm biracial, I'm white and Korean and this is like my own like journey with it is that like I'm very like I went to like American schools my entire life and like I'm very like science-minded but then there's a this uh, internal struggle between like oh do I not think this is real because I have this like white person mindset where I like if any Asian part of my culture I like look down on it mm. and that's sort of like weirdly racist um because in korea it's like uh there's a long-standing tradition i'm from i was born and raised in korea i just went to like american schools while okay. living in korea so i'm very very korean too culturally and in korea there's a long-standing tradition of like shamanism and there's something called the budang which is like a traditional shaman in each village traditionally and uh, usually it was a woman okay. and um it still continues to this day where um now it's very very expensive and only very rich people can afford it because it's kind of a dying cultural art right. um but you call her for any, any sort of thing where it's like this traditional like infertility stuff like that or like someone's about to die or you think your house is haunted like things like that and so that's a big part of my korean culture 
Um, and so I toggle back and forth between those thoughts in my head because I do see ghosts all the time, literally all the time. And um, it was to the point where I have a therapist, like, you know, like a white therapist. And before I told her that I see the ghost, in my head, I decided that she was going to tell me that I have like a mental illness. So I, I was prepared to tell her. And then I thought she was going to be like, you have to be admitted to like, and so I was ready for that. I was like, yeah. she's going to like send me to a psychiatrist. I'm going to have to go to a hospital and get treatment because I think I have psychosis. And I told her finally, one day I was like, I see ghosts all the time. And she said, I believe in ghosts. And I think, I think it's real. And, um, funny and then how that happens, me. right? Like when you go to yeah. somebody, my, I got a, one of those fancy pandemic therapists, um, as well. And <laughs> so of course it came up at some point that I do this podcast yeah. and she was like, Oh, I totally believe in ghosts. And then like, we got to the root that I do this podcast and this has come up in the podcast, but because I have like a real fear of death. So I want to mm. believe there's some form of afterlife because that would give me some yeah. peace of mind. And she was like, just go stay at a bunch of haunted hotels. You'll have an, uh, an experience eventually and you'll believe in ghosts. And I was like, yeah, how is my therapist with a PhD telling me to <laughs> go to a haunted hotel? But I thought that was so cool that she was open-minded about it. Cause I, I don't see ghosts um, on a regular basis, but I did have an experience when, I was like 10 or 12 where I was playing tag with my friends in the dark at their um, house and his house was haunted. Mm -hmm. And I thought I saw one of them run across the room and mm -hmm. you have to stand, stay still and like hidden the way we were playing it. And so I like went to slap them on the chest and my hand went right mm -hmm. through them and they like turned their head like that and oh looked at God. me and they had like red reflective eyes. It kind of like a Jawa, you know, like from Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. that was, that's like kind of another reason I've always been interested um, in the paranormal, but yeah, that's just kind of a little bit about me and, and my background, but that's cool that your therapist was accepting and didn't make you feel like an outcast or that you had some kind of mental health issue for seeing ghosts. Yeah. But then it made me really self-reflect. Like, what does that mean about me that I can't accept something that mm. I don't understand? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, that to me, I disliked that part of my own self. So then I was like, but then, you know, like, that's just, I guess everyone's like that, right? Nobody yeah. wants to like, be like, woo, I believe in something. It's, it's so weird. But don't you think that's part of like yeah. self-preservation? Because I think right. like some people that are so skeptical, let's say not, I mean, uh, look at the world we live in now, not even just with like ghosts, with anything that they are just 100% you know, belief in maybe it's that vaccines aren't real or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once they are challenged with the fact that that stuff maybe is real or there's a strong possibility that it's real or whatever, yeah. their, their reality really starts to crumble. And so I think, you know, obviously we're not at that level of, of being mm -hmm. extreme, but I think everybody suffers yeah. from some of that, whether it comes from our parents or religion or media, whatever it is, I think there's yeah. a little bit of us there. Cause like, I know I had that experience as a child, but yet I host mm -hmm. a podcast where I'm a skeptic about ghosts because right. it, it feels so unnatural and non-intuitive to say, yeah, I touched a ghost when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. It's the rigidity that I don't, you know, it's like the rigidity, right? Like that you're talking about, like, I, I see myself as a very open-minded person and I see myself as somebody that's accepting that I'm not smart like there are things that i don't understand right so i don't have to pretend that i know everything 
but but there is a part of me that needs to explain to myself why I see ghosts all the time and the explanation that I that I have told myself to be okay with it uh, is that I you know like we you know like time doesn't really exist right like in quantum physics Mm -hmm. and so what i what i think i'm seeing is people at different sections of their loop you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like it's time because time isn't real right like that's true and and so so when i see people i'm like oh i'm seeing these people that are moving through and somehow i can see past this like layer of time and mm-hmm. and for some reason that is acceptable to me like I, I can like digest that do you know what i mean so kind of like a parallel universe type thing is that what you're talking about or just the sense i, that... I guess you can say it yeah I, okay. you can say it like that but in the sense that time doesn't exist so everyone's everyone that's ever lived is right here with mm-hmm. us right now right okay it's time you know because we like science has has like the frontier of science has said that t- time doesn't exist. This is right. how we consume reality. Right. And so that, that's how I see it. And also that makes sense to me because what I see, the ghosts that I see, I see a lot of it. Like I all see people like in a loop over and over again, mm-hmm. doing something over and over again. That's like the, the one thing that I see a lot. Which is also to thing. me is yeah. like one of the scariest versions of being a spirit. If like there's something, well, there's two ways to look at it, right? Maybe there's something like from an energy standpoint that is so intense that you're after your past, you know, your energy or whatever is kind of stuck in that loop, but it's not necessarily yeah. that you're mentally stuck in that loop. Right. But then the other thought yeah. is if you are mentally stuck in that repeating loop over and over and over, that's horrifying to me. Yeah terrifying well like let me do you, do you want to hear an example of something no like that's just actually that, the end of the podcast so, no, okay bye <laughs> no. yeah absolutely we uh bye. yeah yeah <laughs> no so, yeah, I, like, it, so. I have well because i have so many ghost stories like an example of the loop that i'll see is that so i used to own a restaurant on the lower east side it closed during the pandemic but it was like very popular and it was like a it was a two-story restaurant the basement there was a private dining room and a kitchen and the first floor was the main dining room. And so when you work there, you would have to go down to the basement and get food and then bring it up to the main dining room. But during the pandemic, I was like, we, you know, I had to furlough everybody because of obviously no right. one could work and blah, blah, blah. So it was only me working and I was like the manager. And so everyone was feeding the books and I would go downstairs and I would walk by the see somebody doing like this like somebody just standing there doing like a movement like it and a few times I thought it was like one of the cooks and I was like oh maybe somebody's still down there right cleaning up and nobody was there and it happened like almost every single time that I went down there and to the point where I, I like refused to go down and then later on somebody told me that that restaurant used to be a jarring factory so I was like, I think I'm seeing somebody that used to work in the jarring factory, like just jar- Doing like their task. jarring, yeah, yeah, just like over and over again. And wow. that's like what I mean. Like, it's not even like I'm seeing a ghost. It's that time isn't real. And we're, we're just existing on the same plane together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. That's so tricky. What part of your life loop that somebody like you could end up seeing? Thank God it was just seeing that person do jars, but I'm sure you see all kind of things if you're constantly seeing spirits or this time yeah. loop. Well, 
and this is how I am consuming that information is that that's probably how that person spent a lot of their time. So that loop of their life is probably really strong, right? Mm -hmm. Think of like, like that person was jarring like hours a day for 40 years or whatever. And there's this other thing that I kept seeing my old apartment before I moved here. I I used to live in Peter Cooper village, which is a public housing um, project Mm -hmm. in Manhattan that was built for um, the soldiers returning after, I think, I believe world war one. Uh, maybe World War II. I, I believe it was World War One. So the government built this housing for them. And um, one of my friends had to move out of the pro- th- those projects because it was so haunted after three months. Wow. So like she said, she was too scared. So it's like noted that it's a haunted area. Right. But when I when I lived in that apartment, I would I like would be lying in bed, and it, the apartment was like it was a one bedroom, they turned it into a two bedroom. So I was like sleeping in the area that was the living room, right? And so I could see through the wall, the built wall, and I could see somebody walk in the front door over and over again. It was Mm. like an old woman with very dark hair. And like right before I would go to bed, I would see her like walking in over and over again and like sitting at the foot of my bed and then like turning and like looking at me like kind of confused yeah and it would happen like i would see her over and over again and so that's like another example do you ever try to interact with whatever these entities are no i mean i'm like i'm to be honest i'm like scared really yeah like i i only say really because you're saying uh that you see it so often it just makes me you know sad or empathetic that if it if it's something that bothers you, it's unfortunate that it happens so frequently. Not really in the sense I mean, that you shouldn't be scared. You probably should. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and um, I mean, I don't. Deep down inside, I feel like I shouldn't be scared. Like I don't think there's anything going on, but it's mm-hmm. it's scary to see that. You know what I mean? Like, and um, my I remember my former partner would tell me he could hear my breathing change when it would happen. And I would like, because I would like, I would like open my eyes and be like, I just saw that person. Like, and he was like, I heard, I heard the breathing change. And it was like really scary. Wow. Um, So when, you know, you obviously you're going through this stuff now, but what's the earliest memory you have where you were like, this is different. I think I may have just seen a ghost or spirit or something is happening right now. The earliest memory is, um, I think I was like four or five. Um, and I, so when I was four or five, I lived on this small island called Jeju-do in Korea. It's like a vacation island, this, mm-hmm. like off the southern border. Um, and it, it's a very small like community. And I went to school like a few blocks away. So I would walk home even when I was four or five. Um, and one day there was like somebody that was like, Oh, I'm your mom's friend. And she walked me home and I got home and I was like telling my mom about it. And she was like, who, who is that? And I was like trying to explain to her. And then I also was like, and then my mom's like, where's your backpack? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And my backpack was missing. Oh, wow. And then I went to school the next day and the backpack was still there. But uh, okay, so this this is the oldest memory where I'm like, that was a ghost. But also, I was four or five. Like you know, I yeah. have a I have a seven year old, and like he like 
drops his like socks he's like where are my socks so I, I don't know if that's like a solid memory but I remember it stuck with me because I was like I walked home with this person and I was like I don't have my backpack and I remember like holding my backpack the whole time and then it wasn't there wow but that was like yeah oh, it gave me chills so you had that experience did things just become rapidly more frequent or was it kind of a slow build as you went through life? I mean, I think that I would just, I think what was happening was I was seeing stuff and I was like, so like not accepting of it in a way Yeah. Um, that I wasn't like allowing myself to even think that that was what was going on. But I did do this thing pretty recently like i would say maybe two or three years ago i started doing transcendental meditation yeah and that's when um things got really like too and like i had to stop doing it because it got too intense and i mean even like i said i'm like zero slash ten like this is right. my zero side being like i know that sounds really kooky but so i started doing the meditation and um it's just like you like chant inside your head mm -hmm. or like you say it out loud. You I like, think, or, you no, like you repeat say, your mantra in your head, right? Yeah. You just yeah. repeat a word inside your head over and over. And it takes you to like the hypnagogic state, which is the state right before you fall asleep. Mm. Um, and that relaxes you. Um, and then if you keep repeating the mantra, it puts you in that state very quickly. Like that's the point of doing the mantra. And what I found doing that, when I started to do that, it was almost like when I entered that state, it looked like my eyes are closed, obviously. It looked like, I'm sorry, this is my zero coming out. Like it looked like spirits like flying towards me, like, like this, where it was like too scared. And I would have to like stop. So in your mind's eye, you felt like you could yeah. literally see the spirits kind of moving um, there, like almost, I mean, do you consider, because, you know, obviously we've had a lot of people on the podcast um, who vary in their levels of belief and, and what their yeah. experiences are. Um, some of my favorite guests are mediums and psychics um, because I just want to believe that X-Men are real. And anybody who comes on and claims to have like this special power, I think it's so cool to hear about that and try to decide, you know, if I believe them or not or whatnot. But yeah, a lot of them talk about how it's kind of similar. They, in their mind's eye, they'll either see like flashes of like numbers or symbols or things like that, or they will literally see you know, actual spirits, um, kind of coming and going. And it's what it's kind of the way they would put it is they've learned to harness it to the point where they can decide if they want to interact with those spirits or not. I mean, is that kind of what it felt like to you? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like I felt like the, um, the meditation practice was like allowing this part of myself to open up and what it felt like to me, what it felt like to me was that I was tapping into this thing and these spirits like could smell it and they came running towards me. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, ah, ah, like it felt like, um, like to me, how would they look? And like, you know, the woman entering the door and the guy in the factory, what mm -hmm. it looks like are like shadows, like, and mm. so I would enter the hypnagogue, like I would enter the med meditative state and it would look like just millions of people like rushing to me. Oh, that gives me anxiety. Like, 
and no and i would have to like stop and i, I had yeah. to actually stop doing the meditation because it was um it was too scary and yeah. it didn't feel unsafe but i was just kind of like i don't that would be overwhelming yeah for so sure overwhelming but then also after that i can't stop it because now if i right before i fall asleep like i have insomnia and it's it's usually when i'm like i've been up for too long um like if i'm falling asleep at like 4 a.m like right before i fall asleep it'll happen again yeah like there's a little window where that happens and it's like really scary yeah that's really interesting so have you ever reached out to a medium or somebody who's incredibly intuitive to see if they can help you kind of hyper focus or even you know a lot of them will tell me that they learned how to put their quote-unquote walls up so where they could just stop it completely when they needed to have you ever tried to get some training in that area or does the zero side not allow you to do that (laughs) Well, yeah, no, the other, but the other side of me is like 10, you know, where I'm like that. I, I'm, I see ghosts. Yeah. I talk to ghosts, you know what I mean? But like, uh, I've never reached out to anybody, but for me, like normally in my day-to-day life, it, it doesn't have, it actually every once in a while it'll happen. And I can tell you those stories too, because they're very terrifying, but it's like, if I, if I avoid that, like sort of like meditative state, um, it won't happen. But I feel like at any point, if I wanted to like do that, I could, Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Are you, are you glad that this happens? Like if, if you could just right now, a genie appeared and was like, young me, either you can have this, you know, we'll just call it a gift. Either you can have this gift or you won't have it. You got to decide right now, which are you, are you happy that you have this experience or would you rather it just not be part of your life? I I mean, in a way, I feel like I'm like happy that I have it, even though I don't understand it. And like, it's to me, it's like very layered because part of me is still like, I am just crazy. And like, I, like even talking to you, I'm like, people are going to listen to this and think I'm just a fucking stupid, crazy person. Well, not our audience. Do you know what I mean? So. Okay. <laughs> but like, hopefully. Yeah. But like part that's my own, like, uh, that's my own internal like sure. dialogue. But um, I'm like, part of me, I'm like, I should tap it. Like what you said, I should like talk to somebody about this and see if I can like, it can be useful, but there's a part of me where I'm just like, how, how can this be useful? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Or even if it doesn't become something that's quote unquote, like of use to you, it could at least maybe get to a point where you feel more comfortable with it, you know? Cause it seems like even yeah. though you feel like it's probably a safe thing, I mean, I would have to imagine that it, at the, at the very least it can be like anxiety inducing. I mean, there's, there's been a handful of times where it's, um, where I've seen just full on ghosts in my just life without, um, without trying to control it or whatever, it just pops up. And that's been extremely destabilizing. Now, when that happens, are they full on apparitions where it just looks like a completely real person or they faded or like, what do they look like to you? One of them actually, I remembered when you were talking about your story, the height of the tag story. The Jawa. Yeah, this was, that was really terrifying. Um, Actually, so I was dating somebody like two years ago and 
I think this was like maybe an instance of like a ha- actual haunting, like a house haunting, mm-hmm. because th- this this sort of ghost sighting rarely happens to me. Like the I have th- I have three stories I can tell you really quick, and it's not common at all. But sure. so I was dating this person, and we went to his brother's house, um, like for the weekend. His brother is married and has kids. And so we went there and I remember I walked in um, and there was like a dining room table and I walked in and I looked at the dining room table and there was somebody sitting at the head of the table. Like, I, I feel like, okay, so this is the thing. When I see a ghost, it look, it's not to sound corny, but they look like a dead person. Do you know oh, what I mean? Wow. Like okay. very holly, like not. So like zombie-ish kind of? This person was standing at the head of the table, which is facing, which should have been facing me, kind of like, like this is what I saw, right? Like this. Okay. And like I turned like, to your side, like, kind of. Yeah, not. And I was like, oh, that must be like a grandpa or an older uncle that fell asleep at the table. Mm. And you, do you know what I mean? Because I, I had just gotten there and I didn't yeah. know who was there. And I looked and there was nobody there. Ugh. But first I saw it and then I was like, and then I told my ex and he was like freaked out. And I was like, there's, I don't know what's going on, but this is creeping me out. And then, um, I, I actually, I don't think I told him at that point. I was just like, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Right. Um, and I'm getting so scared remembering this. So I, I have a son at that, at that point, he was five and my ex's nep- two nephews were around the same age, like five and seven. So three of them were playing all weekend long. And at one point they played hide and seek. And this is a very large like house, right? And so they were playing hide and seek and I was chasing them. This is so scary. Oh my God. Honestly, I like just remember this when you told me your story. So I, I was like, okay, here I come. I'm like playing hide and seek with you. And so I went upstairs and they had, uh, um, there's like, like four bedrooms upstairs. And one of them, the guest bedroom, you walk in. And there's a bathroom attached and like the door, like it opens up again. Right. And so this man, so I, I was like looking for the kids and I walk in the guest bedroom. I'm sorry. I'm getting so scared remembering this. And I turn and I saw like a shadow moving behind like the toilet. And I was like, I'm going to, Oh, I got you. And yeah, I was yeah. like, one of the kids. And I look and there's nothing there. Ugh. And I was like, oh like and after seeing the slumped over person in the dining room table that was the second time and i was like uh okay this is like fucked up because like i said i don't see ghosts like in real life like that right yeah and so then i remember i was like shocked i was just like basically gave up because i was like terrified and then like the kids like came out like all three of them were you know like hiding behind the bed or something and i was like ha 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 and then I told my ex, I was like, this, there's something fucked up here. Like, yeah. he was like, there's something fucked up. And I remember like, we got in an argument because he was like, this is like a brand new house. Like they built it when they moved here. And I was like, there was some spirits on the land or something. So I don't see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that was the first one where I saw like a ghost without like trying to tap into it. Sure. Um, have, have you seen Haunting of Hill House by chance either season? No, oh no, I started seeing it, but I, I've recently not been able to watch scary 
shows or movies. I okay. don't know why. I used to love them as a kid. Yeah. But recently, like they really bother me. I was just curious because a lot of our guests say that those shows, like elements of them must have been written by people who've had like actual supernatural experiences because it sounds so yeah. similar to even what you were just saying, like the hauntings on that show feel a lot like you know seeing like the shadow behind the toilet or seeing especially seeing like the old man in the chair and thinking that it's reality and then being like oh shit that person's not there well a lot of like horror movies i saw one i don't watch them at all because i don't know they freak me out too much but i saw one the conjuring i think mm. is that the or maybe it was like not, the not conjuring that. has like a lot of like poltergeisty kind of stuff in it. Yeah, I remember the like this is like where it's this is my the zero percent thing happening again, where it's like the gray, gray, like sort of slumped over like look. It's very similar to that, not in the fact that it looks like a gray dead body, but the the energy of the whatever you're seeing feels like depleted does that make sense oh yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah it's not it's not like i'm seeing like a hollywood looking gobliny like zombie right thing, but the like this like the slumpiness is something that i and I think that's one of the most fascinating parts of people's supernatural experiences is how they actually experience the interactions with a spirit or a ghost because We've heard it described everything from like a quote unquote shadow person to the entity looking so lifelike that one of our guests would literally open doors for them and people would be like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm opening this door for this person. They're like, nobody's here, you know, and then hearing people that see more like of a faded out image, which I don't know, it's just so like. It's also scary, but it's also kind of cool that the experiences can vary from person to person, I feel like. Well, so like you so in that house that I told you about, the first thing that I saw was like a person that was like this. And I was like, it's almost like you see it out of the corner of your eye and you're like, mm. that's a person, but there's something about the person that's not right. Yeah. And and then you're like, oh, that's like like I thought it was a grandpa sitting in the chair, but I was like, that's like something in the back of my head. It's like, that's a, no, that's not, that's a spirit because something is not right with how the energy, you know, right. the, second, the second story is very short, but I think this is like an example of like how I will see ghosts. And this is a little bit more frequent, but it's a really good example. When I lived in Peter Cooper, I went to the Dwayne Reed with like the, you know, the pharmacy, it's like the wall, wall mm -hmm. with my son. And there was a child, when we were checking out, there's like big, obviously like glass windows and doors. And there was a child looking through the sliding door, you know, the front sliding door. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, that's so cute. It's just like out of the corner of my eye. But I was like, why isn't the sliding door opening? Right? Because she was like looking like this. I'm sorry, I'm getting so So I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I saw a child looking through the sliding door. And I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, why isn't the door? It's an automatic door. It wasn't opening. And then I looked and it was an old person, but it was a child at the same time. Whoa. And then I looked and, that, and then like, I did this thing where it was like, I blinked and it wouldn't go away. And then I like looked and it went away. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, I I can't explain it. It was like a child and an old person at the same exact time. And I was like, that was a ghost. Yeah. It's a real like Benjamin Button situation going on. It's kind of like an ageless spirit where it's like, like childish, like what's going on? And it was like, so freaky. Now, do you have any fear that your um, child will inherit some of these abilities? Um, or, or have they made any comments that they've seen ghosts or anything like that? I think all kids say things like that. I'm not afraid of it. Like, not, it hasn't detrimented my life right. in any way. Like, I don't, and I can't see it ever harming my life. Like, uh, I mean, there's weird there's weird things where that will happen where I'll have dreams and stuff and then I'll like become a reality, but it's yeah. never been like harmful. So I'm not afraid of that, but. So, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep pushing the third story out as I do want to hear that too, but you, you said you have dreams. So that's something that I experienced too, where I may have a dream and then certain portions of it may kind of bleed into reality or what I get even more than that is deja vu where, um, in my old job, I would literally like, it would be in kind of like intense situations where I might be, you know, to argue with somebody for work or whatever. And my brain would be like, they're about to say this. And then it'd be like, da, 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 da. And then it would even be like, you're about to say this, da, 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 da. And, it was, and then it would like go for a couple back and forth. And I'd be like, I've been through this entire moment before. Um, and it turns out it runs through my family, which I didn't know. My parents are like pretty conservative. So I never really talked to them about this kind of stuff. Yeah. But when I did, my dad was like, oh yeah, I've gotten premonitions like my entire life. And then gave me some examples, but the creepiest one, my mom had a dream that, um, a cousin that she's really close to and grew up with, they're like the same age he was in a car wreck and his wife and three kids were in the car and his wife died. And then it was Christmas Eve and she woke up like crying. And then literally 15 minutes after she woke up, we got a phone call that that had happened. And I mean, see, I like believe, I totally believe that stuff because this, and this is my like, like science, Western science brain. Like, you know, like when people say, when you leave for work and you're going home, your dog knows. Mm, yeah. And they're, and they're like, we don't know why, how they know, but they know they can yeah. smell or like they can sense that you have left work. For sure. I think that there is something that we all have as animals. Like it, it's like a sense that we have. And it's not like, it's not like hocus pocus. It's like an actual a scientific thing that we have that we just don't know how to explain yet. Do you know Some what I mean? kind of connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, you know, it's like, it's like the Doppler thing, you know, or like how, you know, dolphins like see the ground under them. Like, I I feel like we all have that. And, um, as we become like more intellectual, we've like lost touch with that, or maybe there's, we pretend that that's not real. Yeah. Maybe it's like wisdom teeth. They just don't, it doesn't serve much of a purpose anymore. So we've kind of started to lose them out i think that it, make, it also makes sense also uh, another korean thing that part of korean culture when you're pregnant there's a there's a specific dream in korea i forgot what the name of it is but it's the dream that back in the day before like pregnancy testing and stuff like that you would have a pregnancy dream and that was the 
spirit of the child telling you that they have arrived. Oh, wow. And I have that dream. I was going to ask you, did you have that? Oh, well. Mm -hmm. And I knew the second I had it that I was pregnant. Wow. And actually, my friend who's an artist painted it for me. Oh, it fell in my uh, drawer. It fell behind my drawer, but the dream. So my dream was I was like swimming in a lake with my fam my entire family. Mm -hmm. It was like a, like a glacial lake, like at the foot of like a icy mountain. And there was a mountain on the other side. And then I was swimming out. And then I looked behind me and my entire family like went back up to the shore. And I was like, why'd they go to the shore? Why'd they leave me by myself? And I turned around and I saw a big black bear. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, my family abandoned me. Like Left they you for dead. Yeah, they didn't tell me the bear was coming. They like saved them. So, and they were looking at me like, sorry, you're going to die. Like if somebody had to go. Yeah, we sorry, they didn't tell you. You're going to get eaten. By, and I was like, fuck that. Fuck you guys. I hate you. Fuck. And then the bear swam up to me and then didn't eat me. And he just swam next to me. And then I was like, I was like this. I was like, I'm pregnant. And that is my son. And that oh was my gosh. My, that was my son coming from the mountain the spirit realm to meet me and sit, tell how me how cool is that? Yeah. And my fam, and then I, I, and then I understood the dream as my family wasn't abandoning me. They were like, you were the only one that can swim with this bear because the spirit wow. is coming for you. And they were watching me swim with it. That's really cool. Now I did not have any spirit dreams when my wife was pregnant with our son, but I'll show you, I got, um, did she? <laughs> Not that I know of. So I got this oh, tattoo cute. of uh, my son and I, and he actually was not walking yet when I got that tattoo, but I'd wanted it for so long. He was like starting to like stand up and stuff so I could get some pictures for reference for the artist. Literally the day I got it, I came home and he started walking. And I thought that was like, I mean, it's more coincidence than supernatural, but I, I, I don't know. It just always felt special to me that it happened on that same day. Yeah, but I feel like there's like stuff like, there must be, you know, like even like evolution wise, we must have picked up some sort of sense of like, like what you were saying with the car accident stuff, like just having a connection with your community and your family. Yeah. I mean, like, even at like a, a very base level, like pretty much everybody has experienced deja vu and or, yeah. or at least has like experienced that thing where you think about a song and it comes on the radio or you think yes. about a person and your phone rings and they're on it so yeah. there's something to that because it's not you know a, a, like a hardcore skeptic would say well you're just always thinking about that song or you're just always thinking about that person but that's not true like i'm not always thinking about people calling my phone i mean i don't even like talking on the phone anymore because it's 20 you know no who who does that um so there's something to it and, and that's something i absolutely do believe well we are running up on an hour so i do want to get that third story in before we get you out of here you want to share that with us yeah um so the, the third story is like the most this is the time that i called my therapist and i was like i'm having a psychotic break and i need to go to the mental hospital hmm. um but basically I went to Korea and I rented an air. I'm going to be really quick. I rented an air. Oh, no, no, you don't have to rush at all. I, I just feel bad taking up your time. Yeah. I was like, um, so I rented an Airbnb and the woman was like very like artsy and kind of weird. Like she kept being like, she kept writing me these long emails in Korean and being like, I'm so glad you're staying here. And, um, 
you know, things have, have not been the same since my father passed away. And I was just like, that's a lot of information. I, I was just like, oh, she's like an artist. Like I was renting this uh, one floor of a house in the art district in Seoul. And mm-hmm. so I was like, she's an artist. So she's like, this is, she's a poet or something. I don't know what's going on with this woman. <laughs> and she was like, oh, and I hope the bathroom is okay. Cause there was a fire. And I was like, okay. Like, I hope, oh, I don't know what that means. Okay. There and the, the part, the, it's perfect. There's mm-hmm. no hint of a fire. And I was like, why are you saying that the bathroom looks fine? And so I, I get there with my son and my parents live in the country in Korea. So they, they drove up to pick up my son because I was there to do comedy. And so they, they took my son and they drove him back to their house. And I stayed in that apartment by myself and I had jet lag. So I woke up at like 1 a.m. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to look at my phone. And I was sitting in the bedroom and uh, this is like the same thing where I was saying it's the um, dead body looking energy. Mm-hmm. I saw like, if here, I'm going to try to do it on the screen. Like I saw like, this is my, the frame of the door, right? Okay. This is the, the living room. Like this is what I'm seeing through my bedroom. And I saw a hand go like this. Huh. Like I can, the only way I can describe it is like a dead, uh, like a dead person trying to wave, trying right? to do the way, <laughs> trying to wave at me, but they're like dead. Yeah. You know, look like that. And I was like, fucking because I saw it like clear as day. This, yeah. is what I, this is like, like I said, I don't see ghosts in the day a lot clear as day. I saw the hand and I was like, look, listen here, you bitch, you are stupid that was a curtain. So I ran out to the living room. I was like, there's obviously a curtain uh, next to the door and the right. window, even though all the windows are closed, the wind blew it. I get, I go outside. There's nothing, nothing on the wall. And then I'm, fr- I start screaming. I turn on all the lights and then I jump in bed with the covers. And then I text my therapist and I was like, I, I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you right now. And she was like, it's, it's like, midnight in new york city i can i'll talk to you first thing (laughs) like how about she was like the only time i can talk to you is tomorrow this time which would have been 10 p.m and at that point it was like this seems i think she had like i'm trying to think of why it was 10 p.m but it was i think it was 3 a.m okay it was like i can talk to you tomorrow 10 p.m so i think it was like for her night i i don't know the time difference but there's a huge time difference so she was like, the only time I talk to you is your time, 10 p.m. tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And so I was like laying in bed, like, okay, 3 a.m. All I have to do is sit here for seven hours or uh, however many hours and just get through like a day and a half. And I sat there the entire, awake the entire time, just like terrified. And then finally the next, like the next day I was like in bed, awake, wide awake, terrified. And it was around like, three or 4 p.m. And I was like, I need to eat something. And, but I have to shower. I was like, just go in the shower, take a shower. You're going to feel fine. So then I go in the shower and then I'm in the shower. And I remember what the woman told me about the fire. Yeah. I'm like spiraling, like just, and I'm like talking out loud at this point. So I don't lose my mind. And I was like, just shower. You're okay. Just shower. And like, as I opened the curtain, so the door of the bathroom is like, 
a regular door, but it had like a window in it, but it was opaque, you know, because the bathroom. Right. So as I opened the curtain, someone just jiggling the door and, and I heard the sound, a, a, kid, a child's voice go, ah, and then I saw like a head through the opaque window. And I was like, that's, that's the neighbor because the neighbor upstairs, they, there's like, there's a kid that lives there because there's like child's bicycles outside. Mm-hmm. There's a kid that lives there and he probably uses this bathroom when his mom's using the bathroom because like the woman leaves the door open so okay. that, i was saying that in my head when i heard that and so i opened the door and i was like i was like 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 what do you need like because i thought there was this little kid like came in the building yeah like, what do you need what do you need and then i and the front door is next to the bathroom door that's why it was like this kid just walked in trying to use the bathroom and the front door i look and it's like dead bolted so i was like oh okay, no okay 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 I'm just freaking the fuck out <sighs> i was like you're going to put your clothes on, you're going to put your clothes on and you're going to go get some food. And this is like a super busy part of Seoul. So like I walked out, it was just like, just around the corner, there's like a billion restaurants mm-hmm. and bars and stuff like that. So I was like, I was like in the restaurant I was like, I'm going to get food. I'm going to get, can I get something? I was like freaking out. And the people were looking at me. It was like, um, it, it like felt like the movie, like, did you ever see the, like, I feel like the movie, um, was this, Japanese scary movie like the the Japanese grudge mm-hmm. where the woman is just like she's like haunted but the ghost is always with her yeah so she'll like go eat lunch somewhere in the middle of the city and it's there like that's and the ghost is there. like I was just like out in the middle of a restaurant and I was like <gasps> and so then I um so I mean that was like the two ghosts that I saw and then I called my therapist at 10 and my friend like came to stay with me after my therapist Mm -hmm. conversation but I didn't tell her about the ghost because I was like she's gonna tell me to like go to the hospital so I was like too scared to tell her about it yeah and tell her until I got back to New York that that happened and that's when she was like I believe in ghosts and like don't worry but that was like the most clearest like crystal clear time that I've seen so I'm curious have you had an instance and maybe it was one of the ones you've mentioned, but where you've, you've experienced this or, or anything that you've experienced. And then you've maybe shared that story with somebody and they've been like, oh yeah, this, this thing happened here or, oh yeah, my family has seen that before. Like, have you ever had it validated for yourself in that way? Um, No. Except for the Peter Cooper thing where my friend right. she moved out after like three months. Yeah. Um, but that was just like not even the same. Oh man. Oh, no, no, but the rest like uh the restaurant in the Lower East Side, the mm-hmm. factory, everyone that worked there, I I think I posted on Instagram where I was like, Does anyone think that this place is haunted? Everyone that used to work there messaged me and they're like, it's one hundred percent haunted. And, and so their managers were like, we've totally seen something. And so when you get that feedback, does that give you some inner peace? Because I know you worry, you know, about like what is actually going on here. Does that, does that give you a little bit of relief? Like, okay, other people are having some of these experiences too. I, you know, like this is, I think this is what I was talking about with the zero slash 10. Like there's a big part of me that's like, this is 100% real. So like when people say that, I'm like, yeah, I know. 
Um, but I think that was, that was like the time where I was like, I think the part of my brain that I tap into when that happens is like, I don't know any, everything. So like, just right. like, Oh, sort of thing, you know, and it does like give me some sort of like comfort. I think. Yeah. That's been one of the surprising parts for me for doing this podcast is of course, the people that come on the podcast, you know, have ghost stories and whatnot, but the fans that have listened that have also had experiences and people have come on have said, you know, what a nice thing it's been for them when they've gone back and like, listened to our catalog, hearing all these people share their stories and being like, Oh, thank goodness. There are other people having these experiences because I think a lot of people are like you where they're not, yes, you know, you know what your experience is, but you're questioning yourself, like, what is it really? And, and, you know, I think some people get comfort from knowing at, a, at the very minimum, there are other people also having some type of supernatural experience as well. I have to say, I think that like the restaurant incident that made me feel like, it just made me feel like it gave me a sense like, Oh, this is like bigger than me. It's not even me. It's like, it's just something that's happening. Yeah. So I do understand that. But you're like one of the chosen people, you know, you get, you get to see this stuff. Like most people just get to ask questions about it on a podcast. So I, you know, this is the thing. I think everyone can, everyone can like tap into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just part of like, I think we're just behind on the science of it. I think there's going to be like some sort of thing that we maybe we're like really far away from discovering, but I feel like it is, it, it is a thing. It's like a sense, you know? Right. And to piggyback off that, what do you think it is about you that allows you to have these experiences? Is it your, do you think maybe some of the culture you come from where it's a little more accepted or, I mean, is, is, you know, is there anything that you can put your finger on where you go like, Oh, this may be why this is happening. Or is it just that you're open to it? Do you think? Part of me thinks, you know, part of me thinks that everyone can actually like access it, but maybe we're like blocking that part or it's like, cause most of my life I was like, no way, like, no way. Like I just saw something, you know, that's not a ghost or right. maybe like people are just like, just so adamantly like opposed to it that even when they see things, they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't know if you'd be up for this, but I'd love to bring you back on uh, with uh, somebody who will guest co-host with me a lot. Her name is Evelyn. She and, and oddly enough, you know, I found out on such short notice that the actual co-hosts weren't going to be here tonight that um, I didn't message Evelyn. And I was just like, hey, super short notice, like 10 minutes from now, can you hop on and <laughs> do a podcast? And she was almost able to, but she had a session she had to do with somebody. Um, yeah. so she wasn't able to, but it's just interesting because she would have, I know she would have enjoyed this episode, but I think you would have also maybe enjoyed getting to ask her some questions because she is an intuitive educator, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, she's a psychic medium, you know, somebody who claims that they can access, people and she essentially helps people understand what's going on with them and kind of helps give them options of, you know, maybe taking some control over it or anyway, whatever. I, I just think it would be fun or interesting to see you two interact because, um, based on what she's told me, it would be interesting to see how she interprets what your experiences have been. I would love that. I would definitely, like, awesome. I've never, yeah. I've never like looked into it. I just sort of like, 
I've treated it like partially like I'm embarrassed of it. I'm very careful to, I know I'm saying it on your podcast, but like in real life, I'm not going to like pull it out. I mean, this has been fascinating. And like I said, I would love to bring you back. I mean, we try to bring back guests um, who are open to coming back. You're a little different because I mean, you've got a lot going on uh, just from listening to the episodes I did on your podcast and just following the comedy scene. I know that you're a busy person, but um, you know, I'd love to book you and get you back on down the road. I would love that. Also, I have more. Go- I have so many more ghost stories. I know. Like, like I remembered like more that I was like, t- I didn't even I didn't remember that hide and seek one until you were talking about your story. And I was like, oh, that one was terrifying. Yeah, that's so scary. That gave me chills for sure. And I feel like I feel like years ago when I was living in San Francisco, my ex-husband's coworker, I was telling him about what I saw. And he he um, is like Filipino. And he was like, oh, in Filipino culture, there's this thing called the shadow person. That's like Mm -hmm. way worse than a demon or something. And he was like, what you're describing as a shadow person. I remember I was so scared and I feel like the hide and seek incident, what I saw was like a shadow person. Have you ever Googled shadow person? I think that when he told me that I Oof. did, I got too scared and I, I'm yeah. out of my memory right now, but that's like, that's, that's, what I saw. that's been a big reoccurring ghost Ooh. theme on our podcast is the shadow part. I literally, my body is covered with chills. It's so funny. These stories, um, but, after I get off here and I'm going to regret it. <laughs> um, fans, if you listen to this episode and I'm sure you've enjoyed it as much as I have, make sure you check out young me's podcast. It's feeling Asian podcast. She yeah. hosts it with a Brian Park, who is also great and funny. And it's, um, you know, it's really, I, I would say it's something that's needed right now in society. I mean, it's always great to have a podcast like that in general, but I think especially right now with everything that's going on in the world, and especially, obviously I am not an Asian person, but I have friends who are, and, and what I hear from their struggle and just you know, just being a human and observing the world right now, you can see how important it is for people to not only hear y'all stories, but also learn how to empathize and relate to them. I think I, I am originally from Mississippi. It's unfortunate and sad how many people judge others solely based, well, from inherent prejudice, but a big part of it is a lack of exposure. And then once they're exposed to people, they all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, this person's great. You know, I love, you know, and so I think it's great that you can use comedy to sneak in, um, life stuff that people, you know, that's important right now. So kudos to y'all doing that and congratulations on your first live show. Um, it sounds like that was very exciting. Yeah, it's great. We're having a monthly show now and unfortunately they're sold out, but Oh, such a shame. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's a big um, desire that I have with this is to be able to do a little, a little tour if this freaking pandemic will ever end. Um, So we'll see, but congratulations. I think uh, there's nothing but great things coming to you and, and already coming. So thank you for sharing yourself and your personality and your stories with us. And hopefully we can hear back from you again soon. Yeah, I would love to be back. Thanks, Noah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this, where can our fans find all your great content? Um, uh, my social media is YM Mayor. Um, my TikTok is Young Me Mayor. And then my podcast you can find everywhere. It's called Feeling Asian. Um, you can follow us 
on Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast and TikTok at Feeling Asian Podcast. We share a lot of funny memes, Asian memes, and little clips. Awesome. <laughs> so with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Young Me Mayor. In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real. It's intimate. And it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard, every story is valued, so be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.